with this one. We're talking about an increase in gestational diabetes, and it's on the rise, not for some of the reasons that you may think. It doesn't have to do with lack of exercise or eating too much during a pregnancy. Uh, it's a little bit more nuanced than that, and we're going to get into it right now with our next guest, who's the lead author of this study and a PhD in the study of school, excuse me, the School of Population and Public Health at the University of British Columbia. Elizabeth Nethery is joining the show. Elizabeth, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Yeah, welcome great. to the show. Thanks so much for making the time and for talking about this. I want you to just define for our listeners, let's start from the very beginning here, what mm -hmm. exactly is gestational diabetes? And then we'll talk about the fact that it's on the rise and, and why, what risks that might hold. But what what is it? What is this? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, gestational diabetes is a form of um, high blood sugar uh, that occurs during pregnancy. So it's, it's temporary. Um, and it's, it's basically a type of uh, sort of early or underlying um, uh, diabetes-like condition. So blood sugar gets too high. That high blood sugar um, then passes uh, to the developing uh, fetus during the pregnancy, and that can cause the fetus to grow um, larger than we might expect otherwise, um, and it can cause some other complications. So that's why we generally care about it. Um, during pregnancy. Now, it can also unmask a, a predisposition to diabetes later in life, I should say. From, from what I understand about it and having been pregnant myself, this is actually something that's quite common, is it not? Yeah, yeah, it's um, probably the most common uh, pregnancy complication or one of the most common kind of conditions that occurs during pregnancy that we call a complication. Um, so it, it can affect as many as, uh, you know, one in 10 pregnancies. It, it just depends, again, a little bit on where you got screened or how you got screened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll never forget the screening where you you drink this. Essentially, it's like a syrup to see if your blood sugar is going to spike. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really it's not a fun experience for anybody that has to yeah, be tested people, for it. Yeah, and so that's that sort of brings up the screening is which is what you what you have to do is you have to drink this kind of spiked sugar drink, and then they test your blood um, either depending on how you were screened again, uh, either before and after or just after uh, and then there's sort of a series of, of that blood sugar measurement is compared to a standard and that that dictates whether we either diagnose you or send you for further testing so when we're talking about this being on the rise you some of the reasons that i think come to mind for many people would be well it's probably due to to poor eating habits during a pregnancy mm -hmm. lack of exercise maybe even maternal age is that accurate or are those ideas of why this is something that even comes up in the first place as a complication a little bit out of touch with with what your study finds yeah, so what we found in this study, um, and this is particularly uh, a study that we did in British Columbia, I should clarify, um, and so we, we looked at 500,000 people in British Columbia, all pregnancies uh, between the years of 2005 and 2019, and in British Columbia in particular, there's been um, uh, a shift or a, a practice, and so everybody who who is who is recommend everybody who's pregnant is recommended to be screened for gestational diabetes. But there's kind of two different approaches that we could use, and one approach that we could use is to screen people with what we call kind of a one-step approach, which really just means that you drink a bigger drink 
so more sugar drink, but you actually have to fast first and you come in and you have a fasting blood draw and then you drink the drink and then you have two more blood samples taken and that's the, that's it. And that the results from those three blood draws go in to tell the clinician whether or not we diagnose you. So that's kind of the one-step version. The two-step version is that you don't have to fast first. You come in, you drink a slightly less sugary drink, and then you have the blood draw. And that result kind of puts you into a, a category of no, we don't have to test you again, or yes, we test you again. And then if you tested positive on that first test, you would come back and do a second test. And that's called sort of a two-step screening approach. And in BC, what we see is that people are using both of those methods quite across the board. And so some clinicians are ordering a one and some clinicians are ordering a two and people are getting both. And that what we see in BC is that the reason that rates of gestational diabetes have jumped, almost doubled, is not because of these other things, not because of age, not because of diet and exercise, although, you know, or, or sort of changes in, in um, people being heavier or um, having a higher body mass index, but really because of these changes in screening. So, so what does this tell us then? By taking this approach and screening differently, you're finding double the amount of gestational diabetes. I mean, is this something that's just running rampant as an issue that may otherwise have been undetected? I mean, what's the what's yeah. the big cause for concern here? So, the interesting thing is that we know that by using these more you know sensitive tests, we are going to pick up more people. And you would kind of think that okay, it's great if we catch more people who might have this condition um, because then we, we, we sort of are potentially catching more people that might have complications. Unfortunately, that's, um, that kind of idea is a little bit controversial and there's some recent research out of other, um, other studies from the United States and elsewhere that have shown that maybe using this kind of more sensitive approach and i.e. catching more people isn't actually a good thing, that we're kind of over-diagnosing um, and we may be treating more people that we need to, than we actually need to. But isn't it better to err on the side of caution and, and treat rather than have someone go untreated and then maybe have this condition and not realize what it is that it could be doing to their health? Yeah, and I think that's where the controversy and the kind of the difficulty comes in because treating people for gestational diabetes is not um it, it, it's a diabetes like condition and so i'm not sure you mentioned you've been pregnant and you remember the screening mm -hmm. but if you were diagnosed with it you would know that actually having it is is a pretty big deal for a pregnancy um so you you are being monitored as if you were diabetic. So you're monitoring your blood sugars multiple times a day. You're um, going to see additional, you know, uh, clinicians to monitor your blood sugars and do kind of diabetes-like treatment. Some people do need medication, and certainly for people who have very high blood sugar, that's important. But the thing to know about this is that what we've done is it's we're detecting people based on blood sugar that is on a on a continuum, right? So we're drawing an arbitrary line and saying, okay, if your blood sugar is above this level, we're calling you diabetic. If mm. you're not, you're okay. But we've put the line at a specific point, right? And so for many people, it's it's possible that that line is is sort of is is too low and that really there are people in the intermediate blood sugar range that may not benefit from treatment and all that we're doing is kind of medicalizing their pregnancies 
making them do all this blood sugar monitoring and do additional stuff, and also potentially exposing them to the possibility of being recommended for induction because they are considered a high-risk pregnancy, mm. and then also recommending different interventions, so additional screening, um, additional ultrasounds, additional monitoring that may not actually have any benefit. And that's where the some of the newer research has shown that perhaps this kind of lowering the thresholds and, and diagnosing more people isn't necessarily improving outcomes like we hoped it might. So ultimately so then the idea it. would be to, in it. <laughs> so, so would the idea then to be to screen everybody the same way across the board and mandate the approach to, to figuring out what it is that you're actually dealing with? I mean, I'm not sure if you want to mandate this, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, it's not so simple, but certainly the complexity of using multiple different methods of screening, as is happening in British Columbia, um, has, what we've shown is that this is why the rates are going up. And so I think the next step is we need to understand what, whether this is benefiting people to, to use these different screening methods. and. If it's not, based on you know our review of other research that's been done, that we need to maybe reconsider how we're screening people so that we're not over-diagnosing people. Hmm. Great so, work, yeah. Elizabeth. Thank you so much for sharing the results of your study. Thank you so much. I appreciate your interest and uh, hope that was helpful. Of course. Take care. Elizabeth Nethery is the lead author of this study about gestational diabetes and PhD in the School of Population and Public Health at the University of British Columbia.